Future Design Podcast is made possible by the support of listeners like you. Please go to my website and subscribe to my monthly newsletter that includes the review of the four episodes of the month, takeaways, and books and reviews that are read to prepare for the show. You can find the website at fdpod.co. That's fdpod.co. If you're listening on Apple Podcast, please leave a rating and a review that more people like you can find the show. Now that I got that out of the way, please enjoy this week's show. Hey, what's up, everyone? This is Takato Shishibayama, the host of Future Design Podcast. For the listeners who have been tuning into my show, I've discussed several times that the reality that you perceive is not the factual reality. There hasn't been anybody but my guest, Ellie Shoja, that has been able to articulate this better than how I could have explained it. She has had a difficult childhood, having to move around the world as her father was a fugitive and been through traumatic experiences. She explained to me how she changed her life, her perspective, in the most profound and eye-opening way. We all live inside our reality, our own narrative. But what if there's a way to see only opportunities to be the person you always wanted to be? Especially in this time that we spend so much time inside of our houses. This is actually a time that we can turn it all around. She says we're in a creative cocooning phase, and once this pandemic is over, the world is going to see a creative explosion never seen before. Ellie is the founder of Peace Unleashed, a motivation expert, and the author of The 13th Planet. So without further ado, here is Ellie Shoja. Thank you, Ellie Shoja, for being on our podcast. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing great. I'm so excited to be here with you, Taka. Thank you so much for having me on. Now, the pleasure is all mine. Now, every time when I start this podcast, I usually start with a question, um, who is somebody? It'll be great to ask you that as well. So, who is Ellie Shoja? Ellie Shoja is an infinite energy occupying physical form for the purpose of creation i mean it's uh, like any any other being on this planet i guess um in this physical form i happen to be female i happen to have a weird childhood which, which uh, attracted your attention and i happen to have found uh, inner peace and connection with with that divinity, that energy that is within myself. So I'm very fortunate for that. And what I do with it is I I write, I translate that knowledge into books and I communicate it and send it out to people and hopefully it in- influences and impacts people in a positive way. Yeah, I've been following your Facebook account and you post out quite a lot of videos about, you know, many things about yourself and I really love it. And you said you had a difficult childhood. So can we kind of dive into that first and then see how you progressed over time? Yeah, absolutely. So I have kind of a very unique experience uh, growing up. My father was an international con man and I moved probably 30 times before I was 15. I, I immigrate to the immigrated to the U.S. when I was 15. But before that, we lived in different countries. We changed our identities. Uh, we uh, lived in refugee camps in Germany, and that had left kind of an impact on me when I was a kid, not a very positive impact. It, it, I was suicidal by the age of 12. I had severe nervous tics. Um, I had uh, mood disorders. I had a very hard time making and maintaining deep friendships. I could just go into any room and make friends with anyone because I was a chameleon because we were like taught to just interact with everyone. But uh, but I couldn't really make deep connections, you know, because my life was essentially a lie all the time. So it, it was it was tough. I, I was suffering quite a bit when I was younger. And then in my mid 20s, my ex-husband gave me a book by Eckhart Tolle called The Power of Now. If you've read it, you know how transformative it is. It's one of those books that as you're reading it, you start changing from the inside because you start connecting to that divinity, that uh, that infiniteness that is uh, that is you. And that was the first time that I had this epiphany that maybe we are more than the physical bodies maybe we are more than our physical experiences maybe we are more than our suffering you know and 
and that kind of like inspired this uh, this dive, this, this deep, deep dive into spirituality, into psychology, into philosophy, because I wanted a different life. I wanted a better life. Uh, fast forward to today, I'm probably one of the most optimistic, upbeat, just happy-go-lucky, at-peace people that you might meet. And it's because when you're on this path of spirituality connecting to the spirit side of yourself you change but you don't change in the way that most people think you're changing you're changing because you start shedding all of the bs that you've gathered along the way and you just become more and more yourself you become more grounded and more at peace and uh, and you start falling in love with yourself and and you feel worthy and you feel lovable and and you feel like uh, it you're permitted you're allowed to thrive in your life so so i i made that transition uh, in my own life and it's kind of uh, i'm on this path now of of helping as many people as possible build bridges for themselves out of their darkness into their light. Hmm. That's very fascinating. So in the beginning, I, you were saying that you were very suicidal, especially you were saying 12. I mean, you know, it's just such a sensitive time for kids. And, uh, you know, I moved around countries as well when I was kind of that age. As, and, you know, you have to change friends, you're completely new environment. Obviously, I was in a very different situation as you, but, you know, I did feel quite a lot of pain, you know, having to say goodbye to friends, going to a completely new environment, completely different culture. It's very hard to adapt in the beginning. It's, how did you cope through that obviously you know you said when you're in in your 20s you found a book and you know found that your divinity within yourself but you know until then i mean 20 years is a quite a long time to be in this shell that you've been you know yeah. accumulating and it's really hard for you know very sensitive people uh to you know cope with that for such a long time i mean how, how did you get through that what an excellent question. So for me personally, I, I believe it was writing. So I always had a journal with me and I always wrote, no matter what language we happened to be speaking at the time. So in Germany, I wrote in German. In Turkey, I wrote in Turkish. In Iran, I wrote in Farsi. In the US, I wrote in English. And the the writing is such a powerful thing right because when you're writing by hand in particular you know like you actually take a pen and you write um you're activating the right side of your brain the creative brain right and when we are in traumatic experiences it's very easy to be trapped in the left side of your brain the 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 thinking brain the logical brain right so um, when we are in that in those traumas and we don't have something creative that's i think when we are really truly in danger of uh, harming ourselves, harming others, um, do, doing things that, you know, going through with those suicidal thoughts, you know, and and really creating these thought patterns that are that become extremely damaging for us and, and our environment and everybody around us. But for me, it was writing. I know for some people it might be drawing, painting. I think that creativity is probably one of the best, most soothing, most powerful tools that we instinctively kind of gravitate towards uh, whenever we are in extreme pain, you know? So it might be dancing for someone. I, I spoke, I was speaking with someone who said dancing saved her life. You know, she was in just this environment at home where she was constantly scared and she started dancing in school and she um, started cleaning the dance studio so that she would get a key and then whenever she couldn't handle it at home she would go to the studio and she would just dance she would just dance by herself she would put music on and dance and and that's so powerful anything that's that stimulates like uh, that that right side of the brain and pulls us out of that the the left thinking linear you know like 
uh, thoughts on a loop <laughs> brain, you know, and brings us into the right side. And for me, writing by hand was that. Um, I don't know what, what you did. Um, Taka, how did you work through your uh, pain? Um, I, I know you do martial arts. Was, was that something that you picked up when you were younger? No, not really. So I, I, I've done sports all throughout my childhood, even into adulthood, and I still do it now. And back then it was swimming for me. So I've been swimming since I was uh. zero, I guess. And then, you know, kept on swimming. So, and I was a short distance swimmer, so I could put all that you know, energy into you know, the strokes and just going super fast as much as possible and releasing that energy. And I still feel like I have that beast in me all the time and I need to let it out. It's not because, oh, maybe it's yeah. because of, you know, different energies that are trapped inside of me and just need to kind of let it burst out. And I think sports was one of that for sure. And then more on the creative side, I think mm -hmm. it was playing music. So I started playing music, I think when I was around six mm -hmm. or seven playing piano. And uh, in my teens, I, I picked up guitar. Mm -hmm. I wanted to play heavy metal and, you know, this like really hard music. And I think that was kind of channeling my negative energy into the guitar and playing loud as I can, hard as I can. That was kind of the my output for me. But I think that um, you know when you have these negative energies, or it can even be positive. You know, channel channeling that emotion onto your fingertips or your whole body. That definitely uh, creates an outlet. However can let's say about your writing so when you write about things were you writing about everything that happened that day or mm -hmm. you know even with if it was positive or negative does that really help so does that negative energy even if you're writing it down does that alleviate that pain that you're going through yeah so so that that's journaling so i did both i would i would journal uh, on, on things um, and I didn't know at the time how powerful journaling is. I just knew that I feel better when I journal and I also wrote stories. I wrote, uh, I created just entire worlds, you know, I um, I would write about other planets and about uh, stories about people on earth and it's like I would just constantly be writing stories, writing poetry, creating characters, creating worlds and, and uh, and it felt, I mean, looking back, I could say, well, maybe that's part of escapism. But I also think that it's it's creativity. It's like you're channeling the stuff that you're learning in your environment into these stories. And then those characters get to play out their problems, you know, and suddenly I don't have my problems to deal with i have uh, these characters are dealing with their own problems and by being inside somebody else i'm also developing the ability to have compassion to have understanding of of other people's thought processes so there's all this stuff that i'm developing as i'm creating these characters right and and storylines for them um but with with the journaling journaling is so interesting because as i said when we write by hand, we're we're making squiggles, right? We're we're essentially drawing, right? But those squiggles have some kind of meaning, right? So the 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 creative, so then the creative side of us that's creating the squiggles and the and the logical side of us that's giving meaning to those squiggles. Now they have to work cooperatively. They have to work together. There there can't be like an imbalance between them. And when I'm writing about something that is negative that I'm experiencing, like a negative emotion that I'm experiencing, as I write it, number one, that emotion is acknowledged. And when it's acknowledged, it's out of my body. I don't have to keep ruminating on it, right? The, the reason we, we kind of keep thinking, getting into these uh, loopy thought patterns is because, um, you know, there's no way for it to get out of us. So now I have this, this medium, which is the writing that allows this negative thought pattern or emotion to be acknowledged and to come out of my body. But that also neutralizes it because 
instead of it being trapped on the left side of my brain in a negative kind of thought pattern, it moves into my whole brain, right? And my creative brain is also activated now. And now that thing that's outside of me is also neutralized kind of emotionally, right? When it's neutralized, I can, I have, I have, um, you know, I can release it and I can replace it with something else, right? So I can start, uh, if I'm uh, writing consciously, this is not what I was doing when I was 10 years old, but this is something that I do today. Consciously, I can see the process of, oh, okay, this negative thing happened and I felt really terrible about it. I'm writing, I'm writing how terrible this felt. It made me feel like this. And now, I feel that emotion just kind of like release, then I can ask myself a question like, okay, um, how else can I look at the situation that feels better? You know, so how can I interact with this? Uh, you know, what solutions are available to me that would actually feel good? You know, so now I can ask myself very productive questions and I can ideate or write through that. And and before I know it, my emotional state has completely shifted from one of just helplessness, despair, anger, frustration, whatever it was, into okay, I got I got a handle on this. I'm gonna be okay. <laughs> you know, everything is fine. Um I I have a game plan here, you know, so so it it does help move that incident or whatever it is out of this this judgment place and this negative place into a more open spacious place i see a lot of the right brain and the left brain at work there because you know when you're thinking about it you said it's in the left brain but i think a lot of emotions also you know captures that so it doesn't allow you to think straight and it's all fun and it's mumbo jumbo trying to figure things out mm -hmm. and then once you write it write it down yes it is a creative thing but then once you acknowledge what your negativity is what you're feeling and if you put it down that's actually also your left brain trying to mm -hmm. make you know proper sentences out of it and trying to describe mm -hmm. exactly how it is and then once you see it then again your left brain starts to think okay what is the solution but going from like the negative emotion to like saying mm -hmm. let's find a solution for it also involves a step as well because i think a lot of people just write it down and say oh and then it just kind of go go on with their regular life and you probably took that step to say okay i want to solve this thing and you change your mindset from negativity to positivity and i think that's the most important part of this whole exercise do you agree absolutely absolutely i think that's something that i got to with with time as i understood you know the power of journaling and the opportunities and the possibilities of journaling you know and uh just doing it more consciously i think journaling in general is very helpful at any level and when i was a kid uh, I didn't know any of this stuff, you know, and it still was soothing to me for me because instinctively I understood that if, if it's trapped inside of me, then it's, you know, it's going to fester and it's going to turn really dark, really negative. Right. Uh, so I had to get it out of myself. Uh, but as I've as I've gotten older, I've I'm seeing the power of it. And those little tweaks, as you noticed, um, you know, those little tweaks, those little decision points are very powerful. It's like, am I willing to look at the situation differently? How can I look at it that, that makes me... And because I'm writing and that creative mind is activated, I'm able to have access to better solutions too. You know, so I'm able to think more i'm not trapped in solutions that are only based on the this way that i was looking at it at the situation before right by activating my whole brain i I'm, i have access to better solutions so then once it's neutralized taking that additional step of saying okay how else can i look at this that feels better powerful powerful step you know and people have huge revelations doing that yeah very good observation yeah yeah i had a past episode with johnson chung it was about you know meditative practices and acknowledging your negative negativity you know a lot of times we want to like 
push down or negativity mm-hmm. you know when especially when you're you're a guy a lot of the parents will say just walk it off you know just don't think about it and think about the positive but you can't just think about the positive unless you dealt with the negative and you know i think journaling is also a meditative yeah. practice and fundamentally i think even meditation or journaling you're actually in the present all the time right because you want to write it down or you're meditating you're clearly uh, clearing your mind and you're just trying to be present at the moment so that you can you know shed the past the future and everything you're thinking about now you know i think that's the same with like say sports or play music everything's about being in the now and mm-hmm. understanding what you're going through and i think that's a really important uh, essence of doing these things because a lot of the times as i said you know you're always thinking in different time zones and you know your head is going all through different emotions and logic and everything all kind of combined together so you know clearing that out whatever whatever practice it is i think that's the most important part of it oh you have hit that nail right on the head it's so spot on it's the it's a present moment. You know, I read a book by um, Carlo Rovelli, who is a who's a, a physicist, and all he does is research on time. He does time research, and and it's fascinating because. Uh, you know, everything we know about time is essentially wrong. It's not linear. It's not, uh, you know, uh, um, constant. Uh, you know, it's there's different amount of time at the foot of a mountain than at the top of a mountain. You know, it's, it's just so fascinating. It's so interesting. But he said something. Uh, there is... Um, there... What, what was it? It's like... Um, you age slower at the top of a mountain than at the bottom of a no at the bottom of a mountain than at the top of a mountain. I would I'll have to reread this book. I might be giving you total false information, but you actually age slower uh, when there is less time, and then at the top of a mountain there is more time, and then you age faster right and it's so it, it was fascinating because or is it reversed did i have it reversed so gravity actually uh, slows down time so if you know the if you're up in space time is faster than it is in on earth so when we have this gps that uh, we have in our cars in our phone um, basically mm-hmm. we're sending information to the satellite and bring it down but uh, they always need to adjust the sa- satellite to earth time in order to make those uh, accurate yeah yes so there is there's less time is that there's like less or more I'm like totally watching this completely. But but I remember when I was reading that book, it actually something about meditation made perfect sense to me, right? Because I realized when there is less time, you age slower. When there is less time, your vibration actually rises, which is really fascinating. What do we do? when we are meditating we are literally shrinking time for ourselves we are you know let's say my awareness of time is here is this is my past and this is my future right and i exist in this awareness of time when i meditate i start chipping away at it and shrinking the amount of time that my consciousness is involved with Right. So and as I do that, my vibration has to rise because when there's less time, your vibration naturally rises. When there's more time, your vibration slows down. And uh, and and I thought and this when I was reading that book by Carlo Rovelli, I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is why we age slower when we meditate. This is why we feel better when we meditate, you know? So because our literally our bodies, uh, when we when we get rid of time, our bodies vibrate at a higher frequency. It's really interesting. This is my, my theory <laughs> based, on, based on my experience with meditation and based on reading uh, Carlo Rovelli's book. But it's it's so fascinating to me that 
we are getting so much research now that is showing that you know that is showing physiologically what's happening inside your body when you start meditating when you raise when your vibration starts to rise you know like there's all this magical things that happen inside of us that are now completely measurable you know like your your for example in your brain your amygdala physically shrinks amygdala is the stress center of your brain it physically shrinks just by meditating 10 minutes a day consistently like gray matter people you know scientists used to think you can't create more gray matter the gray matter is the out, outside layer of your brain that uh, you know where all the thinking and the problem solving happens you actually build more gray matter when you meditate it's just fascinating right it's, it's so interesting like your body physiologically physically starts changing and i think it's because we as humans thrive when we operate at a higher vibrational states of being is like our bodies do better we do better we, like our bodies are d designed to operate at an optimum level when time is shrunk for us when we are focused on the now as you said you know more and more and our vibration rises i think that's the sweet spot of being human and so many humans don't spend time in that space because we're, we, we are focused on what happened 20 years ago and uh, how we are going to fail, you know, 10 years from now. And, you know, and so time is just this expanded thing for us. And then on top of it, we continue to just focus on everything that's been going wrong. Oh, throughout our entire lives and all the things that can go wrong. So, so we keep our vibration low without even realizing we're doing it and then we're, we're operating at this uh, subpar level you know i just want to get to a place where humans like optimize you know shrink time raise vibration optimize at that level and see what the human being actually is like we don't even know what the human being is what the human being is capable of because we have never operated consistently from that place as a society. Yeah, for sure. And we always talk about high performance and we don't really talk about the inner self because we think about time for mm -hmm. performance on a kind of efficiency level. But actually what we're talking about is how we are, as you say, shrinking time and then getting our vibrations at a higher pitch than it is uh, in a lower frequency. And there's, I think there's a lot of ways that we can uh, do this. And I, I understand that you do meditation as well. Um, are, are there other things that you also do? Because you, you're definitely a very high energy person uh, right from the get-go when we spoke uh, previously. And, and I really felt that it kind of you know, resonates all the way down to Singapore. <laughs> so you know, what, what are the things that uh, you, you actually do on an everyday life to kind of get that uh, high energy going? Um, yeah, so my, my number, my number one motto in life is how can I feel better? What can I do to feel better in this situation? And some like today, I'll, I'll be honest with you, Tucker, I had a, I had a hard day today because I woke up, my throat was hurting a little bit. I was really exhausted. I had a really busy weekend. I was so tired, but you know when your motto is hey let me take care of my body let me take care of me and and see how i can feel better i ended up taking a two-hour nap right i nourished my body with uh, really um you know I, I had a giant salad for lunch you know i i made a cinnamon honey lemon hot water mix that i make because it's just it's a superfood. It helps my body replenish, you know, energy. So I, so, so I made decisions that uh, just made me feel better. I woke up from that nap feeling much better. I could have pushed myself and said, "No, I have like a million things to do. I can't. I don't have time to rest." But sleep is important, you know. Nourishing my body is important, and I know that for me, those decisions help me be the best version of myself 
right? Communicating with the people in my life is important, you know, letting them know that, hey, uh, I'm uh, I'm struggling today. Today is a tough day. You know, I think my body is um, struggling with something, and uh, and I'm gonna take it easy. You know, communicating that I ha- I moved my three o'clock to a different day because I wanted to rest. So th- just it's not. I think it's not about necessarily having a routine. Though routines help. You know, I like to wake up. I like to stretch in the morning. I like to meditate for a few minutes. I journal. I journal in the morning. I journal in the evening and throughout the day if I need to process, you know, so those routines are helpful. But I actually think it's more about uh, your attitude about life, you know, like what is the most important thing? For me, the most important thing is my vibration. When my vibration drops, when I feel uh, kind of really kind of low energy, like I'm dragging a little bit, uh, it's time for me to pause and reevaluate my day, you know, and, and see what I need to do to take care of me today so that, um, so that I can get back up. You know, and and that might look a number of different ways. It might it might there might be a conversation that needs to be had. Uh, I need to maybe um, communicate that I'm struggling with a client if that's the case. You know, like uh, maybe I need to take a nap. Maybe I need to read a book. Maybe I need to finish a thing that's looming over my head. You know, whatever that looks like. Uh, I I just need to prioritize that and then clear up my energy. Yeah, pushing through the day is not really the best way to do it either. And I do believe mm-hmm. that taking a nap or actually listening to your body, listening to your mind is really important. And you have this idea that you should you should be here, but when you're not really there, then you have to figure out where how you can make yourself go up there. And it's not by pushing yourself or, you know, any kind of like psychological like um, you know, empowerment that you give yourself actually it's going back to yourself and thinking you know where am I how why am I here and how can I bring myself up here and yeah, as you say it could be resting it could be you know eating good food having a conversation mm-hmm. with somebody to get your vibration up I do a lot of these things as well because I don't like you know being stuck in a low place and I don't like to be mm-hmm. feeling depressed so when I need a little pick-me-up it's always you know, talking to somebody, or it's about, you know, listening to uh, awesome music, any way that you can kind of, um, you know, put yourself up there. And I think that's kind of necessary. You, you need to stop once in a while and, you know, kind of listen to yourself and, you know, really assess, you know, where you are at that present moment and then figure out what's the next step, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And then there are certain kind of like assumptions that I have uh, learned um, to make about life. And, And I'll preface this with saying that I think we live in an upside down world. The world we have created is completely on its head, you know, because it's built on on values and it's built on um, just understandings that are false, that are absolutely false, you know? So, so I had to kind of like learn, okay, so what is the truth? You know, what is kind of the underlying understanding of the world that, that does make sense, right? And, and turn my world right side up. So then that right side up world for me looks like this. I am always in the right place at the right time. The world will have us believe that we are in the wrong place at the wrong time most of the time. It's not true. Where you are is exactly the right place. It's exactly where you need to be because it's where you are. Like it's it's impossible to be somewhere that you're not. So so it is the right place because that's where you are right if i try like if i try to go to a restaurant taka from where i am and let's say i want to go to to this restaurant and i put the destination of the restaurant and then i put your address instead of the address the starting point 
it's gonna give me directions. They are going to be the wrong directions, right? So most people think they, 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 where they are is wrong. They are wrong. They should be somewhere else. And then they're looking. They're they're looking at roadmaps that take them to the destinations where they want to be. But but the starting point is not where they actually are. So then it's very hard for them to get to those destinations because they're not they're not getting directions from where they are. Does that make sense? So it's like where I am is the perfect place. I'm I'm in the perfect place at the right time always. So then there's this complete acceptance of where I am. It doesn't matter where I am because this is where I am and therefore anywhere I want to go if I accept my current location I can get there because the directions I get from here are going to make sense to me, right? Yeah, I think you totally nailed it. It's, it's about acceptance for sure. And I think that we're in this kind of body at this time, this age, uh, or even as human because we chose this path, right? And we have to accept mm -hmm. that we've chosen this body, this, this time, and we're going through this life because you really chose how to be there there's no wrong in in the way you went into so if you had a troubled past maybe i should i shouldn't be talking about this but if you if that was probably your journey right and then that's yeah. and then because that happened that's how you are right now and you learn to accept it you, you learn to love it and that's kind of you know that is and then you keep going on because that is your journey and as you say there's no wrong path or anything like that. Yeah, absolutely. And 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 it's wonderful. I love I love my story now, right? Because because it's interesting. I mean, who had a con man for their dad, <laughs> you know? And if I'm not emotionally compromised by that story, you know, if I have healed that you know, my emotional relationship with it, then I had a con a con man as my dad is can be the same as hey my dad was a doctor you know like why are those two things different right it's like I was beaten when I was a kid it was an event that was an event right it doesn't have to haunt me because it doesn't have to mean anything about who I am today but it's interesting and as a writer, I appreciate it because I can write about those experiences and and know the feelings behind it. So it's 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 quite rich. Um, the other uh, uh, the other thing, the other assumption about the right side up world that I that I have implemented into my life uh, that it touches on what you just said is that everything is always working out for me the the world the game of life is rigged for me it's rigged for me to win so if i have if i go through life with that assumption that everything is working out for me and this life is rigged for me to win i am going to interact in every situation in a different way if somebody steals my phone I'm not going to be like, oh, woe is me, how I'm unworthy, blah, 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 blah. I'm going to be like, oh, cool, interesting. I wonder what cool thing is coming my way next. You know, it's uh, it, everything is always working out. Even when something feels like off the path, it always leads back to the path that I'm on, which is the path to the fulfillment of all of my desires and dreams. Yeah, um, I'm going to pin that thing when you said the world is not, you know, is kind of made up and I'm going to pin that and come back to that later. But when you're talking about, you know, everything is rigged for you, it's designed for you to win. A lot of people can't see that because, you know, they're stuck in a rut and they don't know where it's going to go. They have no view of what the world looks like. And you just turn negative and said everything is going to turn to, you know, S.H.I.T. And I think that's kind of the way that a lot of people think these days especially you know in COVID times right and we don't see the end light yeah. of the end of the tunnel and uh how do you actually go about thinking that that's that's you know but it's still rigged for me to win because you know a lot of people might live mm -hmm. through life thinking that you know everything's not 
everything's rigged against them and then they, they feel like they they you know they they lost in life right maybe their goals were different you know maybe they thought they wanted to be a millionaire but maybe that was not your journey to begin with so you know sometimes you have to accept that you're not going to be a millionaire and you know this is kind of the social economic class that you just kind of been left with but it doesn't mean that you know your journey is wrong maybe that is the journey that you have to you know continue fighting to want that kind of goal I, I don't know yeah I mean here, here's the thing we we are um, pure creative energy we're we're creators on this planet every single person is a creator that means we are constantly in the process of creating whether we are conscious of it or not I am creating words right now <laughs> I am turning frequency. I'm creating these these vibrations out of my vocal cords, and I'm sending them out. Somebody created this device through which you are you are receiving the vibrations, and then your brain is creating translations of everything that I am saying. So they so it makes sense to you, right? It's it's creating concepts. There are these concepts that are attached to every single word that I am saying and it's happening automatically you don't even realize you're doing it when I wake up in the morning I am creating when I have a thought I created that thought and then when I create when I make a sentence I create that sentence when I make a painting I create that painting when I sit across from a client and I'm strategizing about the best way to communicate this offer to them, I am creating. So I'm constantly creating every thought, I'm creating every emotion, I'm creating every sound, every information I receive, I'm constantly creating, creating, translating, creating. That's what I'm doing, right? So, but how does how do things then become physical anything in the world that is physical whether it's like this water bottle this pen this computer through which we're speaking a book the house i'm in walls window like whatever anything that you can imagine of was created by somebody in two steps one it was an idea it, the first draft was created in the person's imagination. Einstein said, the imagination is the preview of life's coming attractions. So it was created in someone's imagination and that idea builds momentum. So you think about it enough that it becomes real, that, you know, you. It, Initially, it was just a spark, and then it just builds momentum, builds detail, and then all of a sudden, after a certain amount of time thinking about it, suddenly you know how to do it. And then when you know how to do it, it becomes so real that it cannot not exist in the physical world. And when that happens, all of the cooperative components come to you. You find them. You all of a sudden find a book on the subway that has a piece of the puzzle for you. You sit next to a person at the airplane who says, oh, yeah, I'm a whatever engineer and we're looking blah, blah, blah for a project. You start all of a sudden all these cooperative components come to you they they become assembled and suddenly you have the means to bring it into the world the money shows up the people show up the information shows up and then before you know it it's real it's in the physical world but first it had to exist become real in your imagination it had to become so real that you you almost could feel it touch it taste it you know experience it and then suddenly you found a way to bring it into the world. So why is this creation process important? Because most people are creating the things they don't want to live by continually focusing on things that they don't like, right? It's like we are creators. We can't help but to create. We create with our imagination and this is the upside downness of the world. News. News is the opposite of creating what we want. 
Watching the news is the opposite of focusing on creating the things deliberately that we want. I mean, it's, it's you know, that's upside down, right? So most people focus on the things they don't want. They create negative outcomes for themselves by continually focusing on things that they are afraid of, negative ideations, things that give them anxiety, you know, like things that could go wrong. And they use their incredibly vast, powerful, creative power to attract to themselves circumstances, people, opportunities, things that perpetuate these negative patterns of experience in their lives. And, and it doesn't work. During the pandemic, there are a lot of people who thrived. There are a lot of businesses created. There are a lot of people who turned their hobbies into thriving businesses. There are a lot of people who found inner peace. There are a lot of people who uh, finally gave themselves permission to express themselves fully. And their um, social media blew up, gained hundreds of thousands of followers overnight. Uh, I have a friend who was a struggling actor for a very long time. And all of a sudden on TikTok, he hit a million followers. He has a clothing line now. He's a successful actor. You know, he's he's making, I have another friend who's a, um, who was a painter. And all of a sudden in the last two months, uh, she blew up. She's collaborating with Oprah. I mean, it's, things are happening for people who are giving themselves permission to ideate, to create, to use their imagination in positive ways for themselves. And that, that opportunity is available to every single person on this planet. Yeah, that's super noble. And I um, love that what you said. And um, when you when you start to be positive, and you're creating these imaginations, and you're trying to fulfill those imaginations, mm-hmm. you know, one has to really find those opportunities scattered across from you, right. And I, I remember my yoga teacher, we were meditating together. And, um, you know, she was telling me, look, when you start to meditate, and you start to think about what you want, and you really try to, you know, you know, realize that in actual life, you'll start to see everything that's around you that are opportunities for you. And because if you don't think that way, you'll never yeah. see those opportunities. So, you know, you don't have to make an effort. You know, she said, you have to just imagine these things. You have, It's going to be there, but you just have to be acute to the, or the awareness to, you know, what those opportunities are so you can just grasp them. Right. And I think that's kind of very similar to what you were saying. Oh my gosh, so, so true. And, um, you know, it's like, uh, have you played that game where you look around and you notice everything yellow? You know, it's like, it's, it's, it's fun. It's like you, you tell people, okay, look around and notice everything yellow. And then you ask them to close their eyes. And then you say, name three things that were red. And no one can name anything that was red because they were just too focused on the yellow stuff, <laughs> you know? And and that's the thing. It's like when you're looking around and noticing everything that's going wrong, you're not noticing those opportunities that, you know, Taka, you're speaking about, right? But those opportunities, those possibilities exist everywhere. But when you tune to that, when you shift your perspective and say, you know what, I am surrounded by opportunities and I'm going to notice them, you know, and, and you really start acclimating to that, you, you it, there will be for every opportunity that you find, I guarantee you there's a thousand you'll miss. That's how much possibility we're surrounded with. Yeah. Yeah. That's super interesting. And you know, to this day, and I wanted to talk about something different and also it kind of uh, goes into that mm-hmm. in that topic as well. But, you know, surprisingly, I was uh, dreaming this morning uh, be- right before I woke up and I was thinking about, you know, my I guess the dream was about my childhood and I was talking to my high, scra- high school friends um, th- that they were actually in their high school form 
and so was I. We were in our school uniforms, and mm -hmm. we were talking about, you know, what what kind of um, times that we really enjoyed being in our lifetime. And I was telling them, you know, I don't want to be an elementary school kid, or I don't want to be some baby. I actually kind of like being a high school student because, you know, you have this kind of positivity for yourself well at least for me I had this positivity that I could probably be something and then at the same time I was kind of equipped with quite a decent knowledge up to that time to fulfill that kind of um, destiny as well so and then I guess you know and through life you know a lot of people get jaded and, and this and that and life happens and you know but um, you know and then I woke up thinking you know why are we born to like work all the time you know that was that was the first thing that came to my mind you know because you know we we you know in our adulthood's life we spend so much time in our work maybe 12 hours doing work and then you know you only have a little bit of speck of time for yourself and then you go to sleep and you wake up and repeat that process again and it's almost like you know modern society has designed our life that we have to be consuming our life working all the time and you know if you had a choice to, to time how much you actually want to work, you know, what would that be? And that was the, that was the kind of the question I, that I had following to that. And it's like, how many hours do I ideally want to work? And then how ideally, ideally, you know, what kind of time do I want to spend, you know, just being myself, you know, creating something or enjoying life. And, and that was kind of, so I, I always wonder if people think like that as well, because you know, I just don't feel like this kind of moral life that we're living within humans. You know, we're not really, we're, we're beings, not really just humans, right? And and I think society's just created all these rules and 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 we just living by it, not really questioning it because yeah, you have to make money, you have to provide and all these things. But you know, is that really fundamentally what we really want to do? I don't know if you think about those things. Yeah. It yeah, it's so interesting. Anytime I have a job, I feel like suffocated, <laughs> you know, and, and it's and I don't and I think that the, the, the work thing is interesting. Yeah, like you bring it up um, because I think that is part of the upside downness of the world. You know, that is part of the upside down world is that there's this requirement for work but when you look at kids they don't want to work all the time right kids want to play kids have a, kids have a joy about being alive they want to experience life and i think that doesn't go away necessarily you know and and i think as adults we are you know we internalize these false stories about i need to have a job i need to be an adult i need to be a grown up this is what it takes to be an adult but it doesn't you know i made the decision that i don't want to do anything that i don't want to do you know and and um and that's the thing. If your vision and your belief, if you if you decide that you want to have a certain life and you decide what that life should look like for it to feel good, again, the cooperative components come together to for you to have that life on your terms. The problem is all of us create games of lives for ourselves that are rigged against us that are based on somebody else's rules, you know? But we can look at society right now even and see that a lot of people are changing the game for themselves. You know, they're saying, no, I wanna, I wanna travel and have a decent life and I, I wanna have a good life traveling. And then they, they travel. One of my friends, uh, she was an HR manager at a bank, hated her job and decided one day that, you know, I wanna be a fashion influencer and I want that to be my job and I wanna go to parties and represent brands and that I want that to be my job. It took her a couple of years to build that brand and then when she hit 100,000 followers on Instagram, she quit her job. And she has been a fashion influencer, you know, for the last three years doing that. And, you know, so it it is literally a decision away and just like anything that we're creating in our imagination, you have to first, the idea comes to you, you decide that that's what you wanna do, and then you build, you foster that image. 
until it becomes so real that you know how to do it you know the how presents itself you know like you you find the path and you start moving into into that direction and then when it becomes that real that you actually believe it believe it can happen you know it, it is a reality for you then you can have that life you know people have really insane jobs you know jobs that are not jobs they're they're you know they're they're things that they love doing that people turn the things they love doing into a living all the time more now than ever before i think and i think that goes into your uh, phrase creative cocooning and you know we talked about this before the recording but yeah. everybody's having this imagination this is what i want to be and we're cocooning ourselves in that creativity and we're starting to come out of it right and, mm-hmm. and i think that right now the the traditional ideas of jobs yeah. are kind of collapsing and you can make you know a job into whatever you want to be mm-hmm. these days because of you know social media and, and and connectivity to the rest of the world that you can find an audience and you can find uh, ways to make money through that and i think it's a re- really interesting time that we're living in you know and, and just going back to what i was saying you know i i do like my job i mean it's it's a it's a really interesting job it's a very new job uh that's probably created um because of these times but at the same time you know do i want to spend like 12 hours doing it no maybe i want to do something else you know i want to you know play music i want to go you know practice jujitsu i want to make sourdough bread i mean there's a lot of things that i like to try it try out in my lifetime but i just don't feel like there's enough time for it and because you know because uh you know this COVID times a lot of ideas also are springing to me as well even even this podcast i didn't start it you know during this this COVID times i started before it but i found so many tools for me to do uh podcasting with people all, all around the world i don't need to be in a studio anymore and you know this and i learn how to edit yeah. I, I learn how to do the audit uh audit editing and everything like that so and this is i, th- I really think this is a time when people can really you know l- you know kind of come out of their shell come out of their cocoon and like really explore what they really want to do Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And the internet, I mean, you're in Singapore, I'm in Los Angeles, you know, and for us to to connect like this is just so special and so wonderful. And, you know, phones are more powerful computers than computers were a decade ago. Yeah, and uh, yeah, the technology is so incredible right now and opportunities and possibilities are everywhere. And that creative cocooning um, is such an interesting thing because when you think about it, a butterfly, uh, you know, a caterpillar, has when it cocoons, it literally falls apart. You know, it turns into goo, it turns into nothing. And then out of those cells that once were a caterpillar, the butterfly is born, right? And that's what this pandemic is. That's, you know, we are all uh, disintegrating. (laughs) You know, we're, we're all in our homes. Everything we knew is falling apart. Our lives have fallen apart. What a wonderful time to just take all of those pieces and look inward and reassemble ourselves in the image of something that is greater that is what we actually want to live what what we want to experience what an amazing time to reinvent ourselves who do you want to be in the world like what do you want to do in the world when do we ever ask ourselves that question you know, like when do we ever give ourselves permission to no limits, without any limits, come up with an answer to that question? Who do I want to be? And if I can, you know, leave your audience with that message of really just seeing this as an opportunity and and spending time in this cocoon and looking at all these pieces and saying, who do I want to be? You know, and and actually really seriously consider that question that that's what creative cocooning is about. It's 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 about creating the the being that 
the expression that wants to be expressed in this next phase of life. Yeah, I think overall it's all about shifting perceptive, right? <laughs> about reality, who you are. Everything's fake. Everything is just for you to create on your own.、Yeah. And there's no such thing as predestined thing. There's no you know, predestined future. There's nothing. You know, everything、mm-hmm. is all a mumbo jumbo. It's all fuzzy. And then you create that reality for yourself. And、mm-hmm. it's just about changing the way you think. And I really love the conversation that we had. So awesome. And I love talking、so、to、good. you. Yeah, I wish this could go on forever. But、uh, yeah. Right now, I think this is really good timing to、uh, end, end this conversation. So, thank you so much, Ellie, for your time. And you know, I really enjoyed、uh, our conversation to the fullest.、Oh, thank you so much, Aga. What you're doing is so fantastic.、Um, your, your energy is incredible. Your ideas are just so expansive and beautiful. And, and I'm so glad that our path has crossed. And、um, yeah, good, good luck with the podcast. And thank you so much for having me on. Yeah,、uh, hopefully, our path will cross again. Thank you so、Definitely. much. Hello, everybody. Thank you for listening all the way to the end. If you had enjoyed or disliked the show, please let me know in the comment section. I can only improve or add value to you through your voices. If there are any topics that you'd like me to pick up, please let me know in the comment section as well. I'd love to start chatting with you. And if you like to continue listening to the show, please subscribe. Thank you.